and that's one of the things that's actually you may get a quality of is you start sensing a lot more coincidences and the choreography of things and it's almost like uh, a joke that was going over your head you start getting you know it's all this stuff yeah you know the real you know the problem from the solution really so the problem as I see it is that there is an identification as being a self long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That identification as being a self uh, can never complete itself because what you are can't be what you're not. It just, just can't happen. So it's always going to be unfulfilled. And that sense of unfulfillment then generates the demand to get relief, yeah? which I believe is the engine of all the seeking of mind. Yeah? A mind seeking, 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 and then their statements, such as St. Francis's statement, which is, what's looking is what you're looking for, and to sort of short-circuit that whole seeking, because what's looking, it doesn't say who's looking is what you're looking for, it's what's looking is what you're looking for. We believe it's who's looking that's looking for, yes? There's a feeling of being the looker, let's say. When you take yourself to be the looker or the seer, you're immune to recognizing seeing. Seeing is awareness or consciousness. It's the movement of mind, the un, un, let's say unadulterated, unconditional mind. Let's say it's awareness or no thingness. So I was just look. Someone sent me a link to a, a philosopher, a neuroscientist. That this one guy sent me a lot of links about, and he had a 17-minute presentation to some group about the uh, the. Uh, fact of no self. It was beautiful how he talked about it because he, he talked about consciousness or awareness as the window in which everything else, everything appears through. But what is appearing can't see the window. The window can't be seen. So in spirituality they always say there's seeing, what's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching uh, can never be seen, felt, tasted, touched, or heard. Yes. So it's sort of like the old idea of the eye can never see itself. So it's facilitating seeing, but it can't see the seer, supposedly. Yeah? It can, it's just the seeing. And first of all, the assumption that there's a seer is the biggest illusion in the world, in a sense. Yeah? That's what the, the mind does. The mind presents, the conditional mind presents itself as the seer. It claims the seeing and the hearing and the feeling. It claims the consciousness. But it, and then it's, it claims that the act of consciousness and says, I'm conscious. Yeah. So then seeing is hidden beautifully by being the seer. Yeah. That's why what St. Francis says is so beautiful. What's looking is what you're looking for. The what's looking is like the disguised, is the seeing undisguised. Yeah. The disguise of the seeing is you looking for. So the seeing is the undisguised the seeing, the consciousness, and then there's the disguised consciousness, which is you looking for. Yeah? The you, in a sense, is, has, take, has claimed to be consciousness. Yeah? So we believe we're the one that's conscious, we're the you, and so that's why we're blind to the seeing. We can't see what's looking, yeah? because you'll never be able to see what's looking. But when we believe we're what's looking, then when you say, oh, there's this thing called what's looking, you believe you can see it. Yeah? You believe it's going to be an object to you. 
That's why we're in this situation, because we can't see from whence seeing comes from. Yeah? There's only seeing. Yeah? You can't get behind it and be the subject to it. The mind is only appearing here, in this little uh, stage. It can't look behind the curtain. You never get a sense of the construction of this place. You only get the sense of the place, yeah? You don't see how it's built. You don't see how the mind put it together. All you see is the finished product, because this is part of the finished product of the dream. This is a dreamt object. And so, the dreamt object can never figure out the construction, because it's, the, it's what's being constructed. Yeah. It's so trippy. So, self in, uh, in recovery uh, lingo, self can never get out of self. So, what's constructed can never see the construction. Yeah. It's way past the point of getting in front of the construction, because it is what's been constructed. <laughs> so, the sense of being you is sort of on the content side, and then the content would like to see the context from the content point of view. It's an impossibility. <laughs> the context is no thingness, the content is this construction of thingness. Yeah? This is a, sort of like the living finished product of the dream. Yeah? So you can't see the dreaming. <laughs> you just, because <laughs> you're appearing as a dreamt object. The base, what you're taking to be so is what's been dreamt in a way. You can't take what's been dreaming as so. All we do is take what's been dreamt as so. So, this is a dreamt object, that's a dreamt object, this place is a dreamt object, and that dreamt object can't see what's dreaming. Why? Because it's a dreamt object. But what's moving through the dreamt object, such as everything else in this place, is the dreaming. So, all it is is the act of being identified with what you're not. So, consciousness is forgotten in a sense, or the mind is forgotten, that it's consciousness, and it's taking itself to be a body. Once it takes itself to be the body, and all looking comes from the body, it will never see what's seeing. It will never see consciousness, because it can't be an object, consciousness, yes? It can't be, you can't be the subject to see it. It's subjectivity. That's what awareness is. It is the subjectivity. So an object to the subjectivity can't see the subjectivity. It's just impossible. That's why it's really frustrating for people. That's why the seeking never stops. Because we can't live that simple statement of St. Francis, what's looking is what you're looking for. We just can't get it. Because we're so sure what's looking is me and is real, and therefore what's truly real has to appear to be unreal so this can feel real as hell. Yeah? If you took spirit to be more real than you, that would be the freedom from the bondage of self. But when spirit becomes something that you are going to get or become, that's still the bondage of self. Spiritual self is like a gold chain, and a, you know, an addictive self is like an iron chain. First of all, the spiritual self and the addictive self are the same movement. Spirituality is just another seeking, you know, just like uh, addiction is. So, <clears throat> this is about questioning the incredible limitations of this. Yeah? When I realize, hey, Self is never going to get out of self. How could a product of a mental process, I believe there's a mental process called selfing, I call it selfing, which produces the sense of being a self. In other words, you feel like you are you. There's a feeling that's generated quite a lot, 
And when there's a gap, when it's not generated, it's overridden very quickly when the generation starts again. Yeah. So there's a lot of main, a lot of pauses when it's not being generated. But as soon as the generating of feeling yuga keeps goes up, it immediately claims to be the one who had that experience of it not being generated. Yeah. So self constantly reinserts itself everywhere. It'll claim its own absence. It will. So there's a feeling of being you. This is, and you may think it to be authentic, but in a sense, we're saying that may not be so. That may just be a feeling generated by a mental process. Could be. I found it worked out when I entertained I was not that, that idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I started to get a huge amount of relief, and I knew the problem by the solution. And the problem is, it's imaginary. There is no self. There is no self to get out of. That's why it's so difficult to get out of it. People have been trying to get out of it for thousands, hundreds of years. Why is it so hard to get out of self? Because you're not in self. That's why it's hard to get out of it. <laughs> Just like it's hard to get, it's, everyone's having a hard, difficult time getting into the moment because you can't possibly be out of the moment. You are the moment. Every moment that you've appeared in, you are that moment. But this idea that we could be out of it generates seeking to get into it. And the same way, we believe we can be in self, so it generates seeking to get out of it. That's the dilemma. Seeking is what? It's agitation. How can you enjoy peace of mind when you're in a state of agitation? How can the mind rest when it's agitated, looking for rest? It's impossible. The mind can't rest through agitation. Agitation is not going to bring it to rest. It's realizing you're not that premise of what's agitated, and therefore there's peace available at all times. Not for you, though. There's no peace for you. There never will be peace for you. It will come and go just like everything else does here. That's not peace. Peace that has a moment where it may not be, that ain't peace. You can't rest there. Your rest will be very, very... Uh, it won't be that deep because you'll be worried, I, well, I'm going to lose this peace tomorrow. If I, just, if I don't meditate tomorrow, I won't have peace, as if you're the doer of the peace. Peace has nothing to do with you. That's why it's peace. If it had something to do with you, it wouldn't be peace. It would be agitation. <laughs> Look at it. Look at your head. Your head is constantly agitated. Looking for what? Rest. <laughs> When it finds rest, it's so agitated it can't rest. <laughs> so it just <laughs> check it out, see it. <laughs> Your head's just trying to become or unbecome something all day. If it has a belief you're a loser, it wants to unbecome that. If it has a belief that someone has something you want, you want to become more like that. It's constantly unbecoming, becoming. It's like an eternal slinky movement. It just never ends. Self can't get out of self. Self cannot get out of self. A product of a mental process cannot leave the mental process and be something. Yeah? Self only appears real to us here. It doesn't appear real to a cat. A cat does not see you as a self. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I haven't asked any. But I'm pretty sure they don't. I don't think a tree is going, oh, there's that motherfucking self I know. You know? I don't see that's happening. We're taking it, we're taking, our whole mental condition is based on a system called self-centeredness, and it tells a wickedly distorted story from there. 
that you're the center of the universe, that you're the doer, which blows my mind, that you're the doer of actions, subtle actions like thinking. You're the doer of it. You're the thinker. You're thinking right now. She, you'd be exhausted if you were the thinker. She, some of that stuff you've conjured up over and over and over again, you'd be, it'd be like slavery going back to the same mind not getting any ore out of it every day. You're not the thinker of it. You never even took a shit in your life. Shit happens, yes? Your heart's getting uh, beaten by something. You? Are you running the, the, the flow of blood through your system? Are you digesting the food you ate tonight? If you, Jesus, if we were ahead of digestion, we would have forgotten a couple burritos on the way, for sure. There would be a giant, it'd be like a, it'd be like an incredible airport with a crazy traffic controller. There'd be planes stacked up. Pizzas from three years ago. Oh, fuck, I forgot those Fritos. Jesus Christ, sorry, I gotta go home. The whole weekend I'm putting over to digest. Yeah? Yet, a very subtle process of the body-mind thinking, we believe we're the thinker of it. It's a pretty incredible leap. Yeah? So what the whole premise of your life is that you're the doer of it, isn't it? What would your life be if you weren't the doer of it? It would just be life. The whole premise of your life is rooted on you as the doer of it, as if you had free will or choice. And even when it's shown to you that you don't have free will, you'll still feel like it. You know, Those people that go on those rides in Disney World, when they're going through like jungle and the hippo comes up or the lion, you know, they're in the waterway, an alligator comes, and there's like five steering you know, wheels in a boat, and each one thinks they're the captain of the boat, and they're leading themselves into danger. Oh, no, I'm a terrible captain. Or they escape. Oh, I'm a great captain. Even when they've been told, hey, there's a big rod underneath that it's all computerized. No one's making anything at all. There's still the feeling of it, isn't there? There's still the feeling of being the doer, isn't there? There's still the feeling of it. Even when in recovery it is beaten, to, you get it, that you are powerless over alcohol and drugs, yet you still feel guilt and shame for what happened back then. Even though you, that all the evidence has been put out, it's a total clear, yeah, I was dancing with a gorilla and I don't stop until the gorilla wants to stop. That would fit the definition of powerlessness. Why am I claiming and by guilting and shaming about effects that the gorilla produced. Why am I still hooked on that? Even though I've been told very clearly, I mean, we're, that's the first aspect of the whole program, is you're powerless. And yet, that's not even gotten, and then we're all worried about all the other 11 and a half steps. But we don't even get the first one that we were powerless over. Something took us over, that, and we had no power over it. Yeah? Yet, when we go back into our past, we look at it from the point that I should have known better. I shouldn't have done this. I wish I wouldn't have done that then. I wish I would have known more then. I wish I would have gotten this recovery 20 years ago. All of this stuff is just unbelievable, insane. You were taken over by something. That something used you for transportation, and it was seeking expression, and it found an outlet here. And that was you. And it's not even you, but that's the language we have. We have a subject that language used by objects, but let's say you demote, denotes, let's say, a threshold. So mind, called alcoholism, we are a very deep mental groove, came in and blew into this place of manifestation through this little opening, yet this opening thinks it did it all.
it's insane. And so if you're burdened by that guilt and shame, if now you think you've been doing the opposite, then the opposite of guilt and shame is now what you're burdened by, proud, pride. You think you're the chosen one of the chosen ones. All those people, why don't they just fucking get it? Why do they keep going out? Why aren't they like me? Well, you have nothing to do with it either. Yes? The wind switched and something else is blowing through this opportunity. So I don't know, I found, uh, if you see like this, if you see that consciousness as a window, and everything is appearing through that window, yet what's ever appearing through the window can't recognize the window. It can't see, because you're already past the point of appearance. You don't see the construction. You don't really ever see how the mind's putting this world together. That light's coming in, and there's a, it goes to a certain part of the brain, and the brain makes a movie, basically. Yeah? We don't ever see that. We only see the, the product, the end product. We see the movie. We see the living, seeming movie stretched out in time. And any time you're in the movie, and you identify as what's in the movie, there's no way in hell you're going to ever see what the movie's appearing in. You're not going to be able to see it because your eyes are trained to see things. It's the single eye of mind that can sense no things. Yeah? But if you're identified as a body, the single eye of mind is totally forgotten. So what's looking is what you're looking for causes people just go, where? 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 They never sense that it's this looking right now is the scene. It's awareness that's happening that has been claimed by me, this idea of being the subject, and called, I'm aware, this is my awareness, as if it's like a pet I have. This is, have you met my awareness? Oh, look at my awareness, it's beautiful. Don't get too close, but it's very sharp, very clear. Yeah. That's how does this stuff become ours? Yeah. How can something that is preceded by that appear to be the one who's doing it? I mean, if you look at conscious contact, how can you believe it's you? That's <laughs> incredible. How can you believe, because if it's you and you're identified as the body, then you believe the eye is seeing. Yeah, you believe the eye is what sees. Well, listen, what happens if there's a dead body and you take that eye out of that dead body and it's not seeing anymore out of that dead body and you put it in a live body, it sees again. So what is it? Is it just... This special body was the only body that, at, the only body for the first time that it just wouldn't work for that body. No, the eye facilitates seeing. Yeah. But what is th what is that which sees? Is it the eye? What is that? What is it that's hearing? Is it the eardrum, or does the eardrum facilitate hearing? It facilitates something. But it needs something first, or actually no thing, which is awareness or consciousness. Without that, there'd be no hearing. Yeah? You could have the perfect eardrum, but if the body's dead, it ain't hearing a damn thing. Yeah? Because it's not what's hearing. So when we say the kingdom of heaven is within you, and you take the you to be a body, then the kingdom of heaven, in this case, would be a rather small kingdom. Yeah? Very little parking in this situation. 
But obviously, what he's saying, if he, if he actually said it, the kingdom of heaven is within you, the you that is not of a body, the you that is of spirit, the you that is of nothingness, then everything, everything is in that. Everything is included in that everywhere. But just to believe that the kingdom of heaven is in you, as if you've got a little special gated community of the kingdom inside where you're walking, come on. It's all based on an incredible presumption that you're a body. Look at the thought system. What does it present you as? It presents you as a body. When you think about you, how do you think about you? What's the object that sets all the thinking about you? When you think about what you call you in the past, what is the f object that all the thoughts sort of circulate around? The body, yeah? You picture yourself as a body and you go, Jesus, uh, eight years ago, I was in the San Francisco, living off a of market. How were you picturing? As a spirit? No, as a body. And then, oh, I'm really worried about what's going to happen to me next week. That me, is it representing a spirit? The all-powerful, no-thingness of all? Or is it representing a body? I would say the, the, the way the thought system presents us or holds us is to be a body. And if you're listening to the thought system all day, if, you, if, you're too, if your attention and interest is tuned into K-Paul or K-Dev all day, then it's going to be quite easy for the mind to forget what it is or what it's of and take itself to be what it seems to be in, which is the body. Yeah? And then as soon as that gets in place and there's that identification as the body, then everything shifts because now life isn't just happening, it's happening to you. It becomes a total self-centered interpretation. And I would say that's the root of the suffering, really. It's not really what's happening, it's, what's, it's the you that it's happening to. That's probably the biggest meaning giver of all. It's a drag when something happens to you, and there's a, there's a real strong feeling that it shouldn't have. That shouldn't have happened to me. You don't mind if it happened to others. But you just can't believe it happened to you. It used to occur when I was getting arrested. I'd always be surprised as if, well, don't they know who I am? You know? <laughs> Why is this happening to me? I, what was I doing that caused this? Just, you know, shooting drugs and, <laughs> you know, oh, okay. But why is it happening to me? I can see it happening to you, but me is a different story. This is it. And no matter how much you're... It's revealed to you that you are not the doer. You're still going to have the feeling of being a doer because that is the format of the dreamt object. It's going to keep arising until it does it. When something, when a thought occurs, it's going to be felt like it's about you or you're the thinker of it. But feelings are not facts. Yeah. If you're waiting for those feelings to change, they may never change. But if you realize, if just start entertaining or don't, really, it doesn't matter, it's just an invitation. But if you're not that, you're not that which is thinking, and if you're not that which is feeling, you'll see something, you'll find out stuff. Yeah? You won't know it until it downloads, but you'll find out about life. And what I found out about life is I've traveled a lot later over a long span of time since I entertained that I was not that. And it's, it could be an incredibly strange coincidence, but or it could be sort of like a cause and effect situation here. So I believe I know the problem by the solution. 
And the solution tells me the problem is imaginary. That's why the problem cannot bind me, because it's not real. And I say, take that to be an absolute. It is not real. No matter how much it it's thought about, no matter how much the feelings seem so real, who do the feelings seem so real to? They, they feel so real to a you. If the you was dismissed, you may not take them to be so real, because they come and go. If you don't dwell on them, they pass pretty quickly. Yeah. As soon as the mind gets them, and takes advantage of them and claims them and writes a story about them. Hooks them up to quote-unquote past feelings and then contracts even more because it's, I do not, do not want this as a future feeling. Yeah. So if you take the my out of thought and it's just thought, I bet you you'll travel lighter with your thoughts, with the thoughts. If you take the my out of feelings, I bet you the feelings will be a lot different than when they were yours. When you take the my out of life, then life won't be happening to you as much. It'll just be happening. You take the my out of the body, you may treat the body a lot better when you see it as a you than when you call it as me. <laughs> you, might, you really might have a lot of good information how to take care of a you. But when it twists into a me, you may be blind. Yeah? That's what I experienced. I can give great information to other yous, <clears throat> yeah? but they're very difficult to apply it to a me. Because <laughs> there's only one me. <laughs> and I'm very unique. Yeah. What well, easily could be remedied by you if you did something cannot be remedied by me. No. You've got to take the me into the equation. The me is very unique and very special. He has different thoughts than everyone else and diff much different feelings. And he's just not understood. <laughs> but as soon, I mean, I really, I spent, like I said the other night, I spent two years in a drug and alcohol program. Two years, that's a pretty long time. And I bet you, for two years, they never saw me as a me. They saw me as a you. Every day, 24-7. Every day I was underneath their tutelage, they saw me as a you. Yeah? Never saw me as a me. And I had to admit, when I got out of there, that my life looked better with them running it than it did with me running it. <laughs> and they had very little interest in me. They had some interest in this you, called Paul, but me, they had very little interest in. They could give a shit about me's opinions. Yeah, they just told the you what to do. <laughs> when I started talking for me, they should shut the fuck up and go do the laundry. Right up. And this would be incredibly upsetting, but I had to admit over time, the you was thriving in this setting, this institutional setting. The you was just blossoming, because the me was sort of subdued. The me didn't have much say, because they were telling me what to do. And if I didn't do what they wanted me to do, there was severe punishment, and I didn't want to get punished. Yeah. So, I noticed that's really tricky, because right now, everyone here... I would say is exp the experience we're having is I'm seeing something. Yeah? yeah? Wouldn't you say that I seeing and I'm, to you I'm t to this event this is a you, yeah? And I'm looking I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you, 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 you. And so let's say if we bring eight hundred more people in here, it would be the same experience, right? Or the same description. I am seeing you. You, 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 you. Three thousand, I'm seeing you. 
And if you ask, and so, right, that sounds very clear. And from your, where you're sitting, it would be the same I. I, seeing you. Yeah? So the I, so in a sense, in, the all, in all our experiences, there's one I that's experiencing. Yeah? One I. Let's call it spirit or awareness of consciousness. And what it's experiencing is through this lens that picks, picks up things, it can now see things. So it's seeing a thing it calls you. All right, so let's say I get 8 million, 8 billion people here. And so I see 8, I'm, I'm seeing 8 billion people. And I, I, so I go, okay, I'm going to ask you, well, what, who am I to you? Yeah? They would say, you're a you, Paul. Yeah? Now, 8 billion votes in, but I, I just beg to differ. They don't understand. It's me. Yeah? And I'm the only me in the whole world. There's only one me. Yet, in the experience of everyone's having, I'm a you. If we went by what's going on here, I am definitely a you. Yeah. Because you're seeing me. <laughs> what happened? The mental process senses the eye, yes, goes, wait a minute, claims the eye, and weds the eye to the you, yeah, to the body. And now it makes it, it makes like a bastard called me. Yeah? So now, taking this to be what I am, this body, this you, is now taking the role of being the I, that what sees, that which sees, that which hears, that which feels, that, that which recognizes thoughts. Yeah, an incredible move. And he calls it me. Yeah? Now, the freedom is, just like when I had freedom in that institution, the yous would, live, would treat me just like the yous that, you know, the I that was looking at all these other people, like the president, vice president, were very clearly treating me as a you, and that's exactly the medicine I needed. Now the me wasn't happy with that because I expect different, you know, special treatment yeah, as this me. But the disease is the me. Yeah, the disease is the me. Yeah, because the me is like the act of the mind co-opting consciousness and claiming to be something it does. That's the act of me. Yeah. And when I get relieved of me, the you does great. Seriously. And when the you's doing pretty good, what the mind does, it gets un, uninterested in so much the you, because the you actually is a pretty damn good apparatus. It knows how to take care of itself and seek health and homeostasis and all like that. And it actually does better with very little maintenance, a little like guidance. Now the mind can rest in the eye, which is the seeing which is the he hearing, which is the feeling. Not the seer, not the hearer, not the feeler, but the seeing. Yeah? The act of being alive. The act of being alive. Not a made-up noun of being the one who's alive, but the act of being alive. The act of being conscious. Yeah? And in that sense of consciousness, there is exactly what St. Francis says. That's what the you is looking for, the what's looking. Yeah? Unfortunately, the mental process calls the what's looking me. <laughs> and then the you suffers terribly. <laughs> We're just going to take out the middle man and the middle woman. You? All right. I? Fine. Yeah. You has its little agenda. It needs to eat. Does this, does that. The I is free-ranging. Yes. It's no thingness. It's sort of like... It's everywhere your. It's everywhere every eye is. Yeah. 
Yeah? It's not like you are in a certain location to, rec- to have I move through. I is everywhere, so wherever there is a camera location, it comes through. Yeah. They can be 13 billion, they can be 6 billion, they can be a billion, they can be 50,000. Everywhere is everywhere. If there's 30 billion people, it will come through 30 billion people. Yeah? Because there's no quantity to I. It's everywhere at all times. If there's an if this if if there's a camera that light can move through, it moves through. Yet it's the same light. It's undifferentiated light moving through this apparatus and then it differentiates. Then what gets produced is a subjective experience. Not subjectivity, but a subjective experience experience because the I isn't sensed to be the I, it's called me. Yeah? And it finds uniqueness by seeing the differences in bodies. So it applies that uniqueness to it, to its own nature, which is not unique. It's all there is, yes? But now you, while subjectivity is moving through the you, when the eye is not sensed and it's called me, it becomes a subjective experience. So now your mind's giving everything all the meaning it has. That's why you and I can have the same experience and have a total different story about it. And then you get enslaved in that terminal uniqueness. How are you going to seek help when you believe you can't be helped? No one understands you. No one has the same thoughts you have and the feelings. It's incredible. The me is way too involved in the body. It's taking the body to be it. I mean, that's where it's like putting a half-ton load on a, like a, a ton load on a half-ton pickup. The pickup can't handle it. The body doesn't need to be the, uh, the focal point of all this attention and interest. It does much better when it's left to its own devices quite a lot, quite a lot, yeah? And the I is just free. It's the me, this middleman and middlewoman, co-opting, not allowing the body to be a body, but calling it you. Yeah, calling it the one, and not allowing the I to be noted because it's turned into a me. That's called the bondage of self. The mind is bonded to this idea of being a self. And yet what it seems to want, or seems to be seeking or needing, is just the recognition of its own nature, which it can't have because it's taken on a false nature. I'm this. So now this is trying to become spiritual. What a ridiculous activity. How is the body going to become spiritual? (laughs) And the me is definitely not going to become spiritual. It may create conceptual ideas of what it looks like to parade as a spiritual person, but it can never become spirit because it's not of spirit. It's of mind. It's of mental process. It's a product of a mental process. It's all sharp angles and 180 degrees and boxes and and storages, you know, very like no circular, no flowing, just all <laughs> sharp angles, concepts, ideas, ideas upon ideas. That's why it can't embrace what it, it is, because it's not of an idea. Yeah. An idea is not going to get what's not of an idea. Yeah. So, this was great news when I heard it. I remember. And I'd gotten a lot of relief from recovery, but still there was something there that wasn't all the salve I was applying never never sunk into that deep place. 
because it was an obsession with self. That's what the mind does that's identified as a self. It has to obsess with the idea of being a self or it won't appear to be one. Yeah? Because it can never be one. It can never come to completion. So it can only appear to be. And how it appears to be has to be constantly reinforced by this thought system. That's why there's probably so many thoughts that happen every day. Because it doesn't take me 70,000 thoughts to do my job during a day. You know, painting a house doesn't take me 70,000 thoughts. Usually there's four walls and a ceiling and maybe some trim. You know, it's very, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe 15 thoughts to navigate a day. What are the 69,985 else doing? I would say they're building the beast. They're constructing and reconstructing and reinforcing and repolishing and on and on and on and on. And it's a never-ending urban renewal project because they will never complete. You can net be yourself. It can never be fulfilled. It's sort of like someone who has the desire. It's like those things in Tibetan Buddhism. They have these things called hungry ghosts where there's this, this being with a huge belly. It's super hungry, but its mouth is really small. It can never get enough, you know? And so this, this appetite, this desire drives it crazy. It's constantly in agitation, looking for more and more, but it can never get enough. Yeah? This is sort of like selfing is. Selfing is, I would say, is the, prime, is the, the first movement of addiction in mind. The conditional mind being addicted to the idea of being a self. But it can never become it. Yeah? So it always can just appear to be a self. Yeah? You can appear to be a self in this little story of 80 years here on this planet. But you can never be yourself. So you appear, let's say if 90 people say you're great, maybe for a minute or two you appear to be a great person. One person says you're an asshole, then you appear to be a not a great person. Yes? It's constantly shifting. You're either wanting to be something or wanting not to be something. Yes? Oh, no, no, no. And it never comes to completion. There's not a climax. There's not a point where it's done and you rest and it's complete. Yeah? It's agitated, agitated, agitated. Desire begets more desire, it begets more desire. If the first desire is unfulfilled, how are all the other desires going to fulfill that? If the first desire of mine is to be a self and it can never be fulfilled, why is it that any other desire would be able to take that unfulfillment away? Obviously it can't. That's why they turn into addictions. They don't fucking work. Yeah. You think more, longer, better quality, it still doesn't work. Because without the first one being addressed, all the others, are, they're, they're, just, they're just offshoots of the first one. Yeah. If you want to get to the whole root of it, that's where the solution is. Yeah. So, seeing that it cannot never be complete, let's say the mind entertains that idea. And also it entertains, I'm not that which would like to get out of that. See, because self can't get out of self. So maybe, all right, you realize it's a failed system, but a lot of times, if the identification is in place, what's going to try to get out of the system is the product of the system itself. Self, yeah? So, all right, we're going to give you the second one, and you're not the center of that system. You're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. What would happen if you stopped trying to get out of something that you're not in? you get a real quality of the solution, which is timeless. Yeah? It doesn't take any time to get out of something you're not in. No, it doesn't take any time whatsoever. And every moment here that we have structured into time is only held in timelessness. 
So that solution is always available at every moment of every, every time because it's all time, yeah? Or no time. So that was the solution for me. It showed, it revealed to mind that the problem is imaginary. And what would you, what would you do if you found a problem to be imaginary? Would you apply a solution to it? Or would just seeing it as imaginary be enough? I would say seeing it as imaginary is enough. As soon as you see it as imaginary, as soon as you stop running, see like the, if you want to call it the ego or whatever. The ego as a predator, it's not like a jungle cat where a jungle cat jumps on someone and rips its throat out, yeah? So you can tell the difference between prey and predator pretty easy, yeah? Predator, <coughs> prey. But, but this is, this prey, this predator has you by moving away. As long as you're trying to get out of it, as long as you're trying to seek fulfillment, you'll always be caught in the sense of being unfulfilled, which is the lie, yeah? As, as long as you, if you don't see that this is a lie, then the unfulfillment will be the basis of all seeking. You're constantly seeking to get fulfilled. And why doesn't ha it really last or happen thoroughly? Is because you are already fulfilled, in a sense, yeah? The whole act of trying to become fulfilled is verifying the lie that you're unfulfilled. Yeah? The moving away from something is verifying that it's, it's real enough to move away from. Yeah? That's all that it wants. It has you then. Once you take yourself to be real and now we're just trying to get out of yourself every day by drinking, using, meditating, practicing, sex, everything like that, then all that, all of that, all of that will just reinforce the false idea that you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I find this to be an absolute message. There has not been a self, nor will there ever be a self. You are inherently a quality that is not of thingness. I would say you are that awareness or that consciousness or that window of things appearing through, or that space of mind, like an open sky, that allows everything to appear in it, but isn't affected by anything that appears in it. I would say there's a quality of mind, and that is what you are, that quality of mind. It immediately brings about an immunity to all the spasming and shenanigans of what you're not, really. Your attention and interest is now resting. Let's see, you call it centeredness. Instead of self-centeredness, now it's centeredness. Yeah? And if the center is everywhere at all times, so wherever you are, that's the center. And if the centeredness, or let's say that sense of being, is complete in and of itself, it's not here to accomplish anything. It's not here to fulfill itself. It's not here to come to completion. It's already whole. It's already complete. That is a place that there can be rest. Yeah? Because it's not in any process. Maybe the best thing, maybe the thing it does here is to express. It doesn't do anything here to, to achieve or to acquire or to become. Because it already is. Yeah? It's already complete. So when mind reflects that, it can rest there. When it mind's reflecting selfing, it's agitated, obviously. Because selfing is seeking. 
seeking fulfillment to an unfulfilled desire that can never be fulfilled. It can't become what it wants to be. It can only appear to be that, yeah? Through a lot of fucking thoughts, yeah? a lot of stories, a lot of claiming, my, 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 a lot of mine, yeah? a lot of movement to sort of acquire a life that isn't its. Yeah? Owning something that can't be owned, privatizing something that can't be privatized. And I'll tell you, it's much more relaxing if that's let go. It's sort of like, you see how heavy the rock is when you put it down. You're not, you know, if you've been carrying something for so long, you may not know how heavy it is, really. You may be blaming all the disease on other things all day. But when you put the rock down and immediately the, the relief of, hey, that was fucking heavy comes over you, then it's pretty clear, oh, there's the rock. I was really just heavy. I put it down. It's not heavy. You don't need someone to verify the information. It's a very clear black, yeah? It's like an unspoken yes, something gets it. And then that's it, really. Your interest and attention is is freed from the slavery of the idea of being a self, and now it enriches your life, just like the way it was driving you, you know, driving like crazy, seemingly for you. What's driving you crazy? is isn't the thoughts, it's the interest in them, yeah? It's the attention in them. A thought, the same thought that's driving someone crazy, if it's, un, if it's uninteresting to you, uninterested to the mind, it won't have any power to drive you crazy. The interest is what drives you crazy. Yeah? The interest is what drives you crazy. When that little hook comes in and you really believe it's you and you become that you, the thought, the thought little stretch of thoughts implies, then your interest immediately, instead of being out here looking at it, you're looking from it. Yeah? You get sucked in. I see it today. And a guy goes out with drugs. When he was sober, he was sort of a little distant and he could see it. And then as soon as he gets loaded and the craving kicks in, he's seeing out of it. He's already encased in the whole system. Yeah? He can only see out of it. And the most he can do is ask for help, basically. Because there's no clarity other than that. You can feel the, you know, the compression, but you're seeing from it. You're seeing from the disease. Yeah. That's why it's a wee program. You know, we're not all going to be insane at the same time every day, yeah? guy, you know, eight months of insanity, really. It's 11 days now. He's starting to come to a little bit. But he was in that deep compression of the disease where you don't have any any option but to believe everything the mind's saying, basically. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a really a deep form of slavery. So. so if you left here today and held maybe 30 thoughts tomorrow without the my in front of it, I bet you you travel a whole lot lighter tomorrow or tonight. Put it to the test. See, thought, my thought, weigh them. Weigh them when it's a thought, then weigh it when it's my thought. I bet you it's a lot heavier when it's my thought. Did the thought just increase its weight, or is it the my that gives it the weight? I would say it's the my that gives it the weight. It's the mind. Your mind is participating in this dream. 
It's giving everything all the meaning it has for you. It uses thoughts and feelings as vehicles, but they're not it. The thoughts and feelings are not it. It's the mind. The mind is giving it the meaning it has. And if the mind's meaning is being directed from a little fucking magnifying glass of self-centeredness, you're going to be like that little bug under it. You're going to be burnt. It's just way too much attention. (laughs) You're going to be fried. (laughs) Same thing with a feeling. Just see it. If you can just sit there and it just, even if it, even the, because as soon as the feeling is recognized, there's a feeling of you. Yeah, that's what comes up. That's the program here. Yeah, the system kicks in. As soon as conscious contact delivers the goods, then the interpretation starts very quickly thereafter. So the interpretation occurs. So as soon as there's a, a, an awareness of something, there'll be a feeling that it was you that was aware. Yeah. All right. But let's say maybe, just maybe, with a, one feeling tomorrow, you could just sit there. Let's say it's not an extremely heavy one. And just hold it as a feeling, as if, because you never saw it where it came from, did you? Just sort of arose, yeah? And you don't know where it goes, do you? You never know. Do you? You you ever know, hey, I I recognize that feeling. That was from there. You can tell. No? It just arises. The mind rushes up and makes something out of it. The, The feeling leaves, but what was made out of it may stay. Yeah, like a synthetic byproduct. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what would happen if that was just held as a feeling? What would happen if the thoughts were held as just thoughts? You'll find out, man. The mind will be relieved from all the burden it's carrying all day. Because a thought, let's say a thought weighs an ounce, but if it's my in front of it, it may weigh a pound. So you're carrying maybe 70,000 thoughts are moving through. Let's say you're conscious of a couple thousand during the day. Maybe 8,000, let's say. 8,000 times an ounce would be what? 800, I don't know what. 800 ounces or something. 8,000 times a pound would be 8,000 pounds. You're going to be traveling, right? You're going to be going through situations, dealing with such people, yourself, your body condition, everything like that. Do you want to travel with a thousand ounces or a thousand pounds every day? Maybe you're so used to a thousand pounds, you take it to be the way it is, yeah? I'm fucking tired, fatigued all day, I can't wait to get home and put on some mind-numbing show and eat two pints of agen and fucking just overdose on sugar or something. You don't that you just believe that's just randomly occurring? These are like cries for help. The body and everything, they're trying to get your fucking attention. Something, you know, I'm, I'm like the beast of burden, baby. <laughs> too much weight, I'm carrying too much weight. Let's put some of it down, it doesn't mean anything. It's all about what's not happening. Put it down, right? Give us a break here. <laughs> so, when you put it down, then you'll know how heavy it was. Really. I swear, man. Just like that hand on your shoulder when you were born, it been there the whole time, you'd never know who's there. Yet there would be effects, so your mind would be writing up stories, what's causing these, what's causing my shoulder bags not to stay on my right shoulder, <laughs> all this shit, and have great elaborate reasons why this is the way it is. And then suddenly, 
the hand lifts and you know exactly why your shoulder was drooping. You knew it by its absence. As soon as the hand lifts, then you knew it was the problem. As soon as the mind drops from a thousand pounds to a thousand ounces, you'll know what the problem was. Yeah. I did not discover it was mine. I found out it was mine. And then I later got put it into words. I found out it was mine. I did not, I did not learn that it was mine. There was relief, and through the relief, I realized what the problem was. The only way to actually to study the problem is from relief. <laughs> really, every time, any other time you're studying the problem from the problem, it's like self-knowledge avails you nothing. It doesn't lead to freedom. It doesn't. It does not lead to freedom. But when you study it from the solution, that's knowledge. Yeah. So you can recognize it, and if you can recognize it, there's a sense that you're not that which is being recognized. And as soon as the sense of identification with it is broken, you get relief from it, like that. As soon as you don't take it to be you, there's a huge amount of relief from it. And then you realize, oh, so it was identification as that that was the cause of all the suffering. Why do I have a sense of that? Because when it was relieved, the suffering went through a radical change. Yeah? That's how you discover stuff. Maybe you get an invitation, but the invitation is not going to give you all the news. It's entertaining the invitation will bring the news. Downloads will occur, and they'll, they'll either dismiss it, what was introduced, or verify it. In my case, I have a strong belief it will be verified. Because I know the difference between a, traveling with a thought and as my thought. I know it. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds. I've, lots of days have gone by. Yeah. And I remember I was my attention was totally embroiled in my thoughts for years. I wanted to get out of that. I'd do anything to get out of that fucking maelstrom of mind. Yeah. And then when it was broken, the same patterns of thoughts would arise, but my attention was dismissed from it. My attention didn't go down that sinkhole. It stayed aloof. It stayed floating. It stayed rooted in the sense of where it comes from. Not from a thing, but from no-thingness or spirit or awareness. And therefore, I could get a sense of the shenanigans of the mind. Yeah? Not be the effect of it. So, that's why we've been doing these, I don't know, that's, that's why I come here every week. I have at least one little bit of compassion or or love for my fellow travelers, and I just like to see people travel lighter. I mean, seriously. I, maybe it's selfish, because I just can't stand having people tell me how bad they're going to be doing. <laughs> you know, based on speculation about what's not happening. I'm really sick and tired of it, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, whatever. So, there is freedom, yes? There is a solution. The problem is imaginary. You can never be what you're thinking yourself to be. Why, you know, if you had a certain, so if 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 you could be yourself, then the thought system would have been fired. You would, you know, it could have gone on a long-term vacation years ago. Yeah. If you were really a self, then all the thoughts about you would be re totally redundant. You would, they would be dismissed. Your mind could be put to a better use, yeah? 
If it was, if you had really completed the mission, and I, I am this is what I am, totally, totally, then the thought system would have been maybe become like an entertainment channel. I don't know. It wouldn't be this giant propaganda thing. Yeah, you could maybe become very humorous and you know become a great social satirist or whatever because you'd be so satisfied this would be in place, solid and real, and there we let's go from here on. Yeah. Why is it that it's constantly being obsessed over all fucking day? Yeah. I have a strange feeling that if something is so, there's no need to be obsessed around it, because it's so. If it's something that isn't so, wants to appear to be so, there has to be obsession around it. It has, it has to be thought into a seeming reality. It has to be felt into a seeming reality. It has to be claimed into a seeming reality. It has to be privatized into a seeming reality. And it cannot stop that because it can never complete the job. So it's sort of like those government building constructions, yeah? They bid five billion and it's up to forty billion because it's never ending construction. Because the point isn't to build anything. It's just to have people money, 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 money. The point is is not to the the building of self can never complete. It's in the building of it that the attention and interest is hijacked, yes? You have some fucking insane thoughts that have gone through this system, and yet to you they're novel still. They're like, wow, that came from the Greek oracle, I know it, you know? It's the same bullshit thoughts that were running in your head when you were 11, 12 years old. Yeah? When other people, you hear others, you're bored of theirs in like a minute, but you've been listening to yours for 40 years. Why is it? Why is it, that's, why is it that the, that sound in your head is like the sirens? You know, to Ulysses. They're totally entrancing. We can't stop hearing the melody they keep. I mean, my, I mean, my, yeah. The same thing you have immunity to. Why is that? If it was the thoughts, if it was the feelings, then we'd all be under the same spell. Yeah? If the same thought that fucks with you really incredibly had the ability, and that was its quality, to fuck with you, then if this was entertained here, it would fuck with this. How come it's different? How come the measure of the intensity of your thought is how much you believe it? You see, there's a lot of this has a big role here. This isn't it isn't happening to this. <laughs> In the Course it would say, you project it, the mind projects it, then the apparatus perceives it as if it's real and solid, and then in that perception of it being real and solid, we give it all the power to affect us, as the drug doctor. Yet all the while, it's a projection of mind, mind is dreaming. Yeah? But when we're identified with the dreamt object, you better believe everything in the dream scares the dreamt object. The only solution to get over that fear of all the dreamt tigers and all the dreamt calamities that can happen to a dreamt object is to wake up from the dream. Then the dreamt tiger doesn't scare you one bit because you definitely see it as not real. Yeah? All the studying how to live with a dreamt tiger as a, you know, how to, you know, co-inhabit 
you know, all these things, no. They don't fucking really work. Yeah? The thing is, is to wake up. And I'm saying you are awake already. I'm saying what we are could never not be awake. Yeah? So instead of wanting to wake up, question what wants to wake up. If it ain't you, ping, maybe you are already that which you want to be. Then what do you have to do? Nothing. Yet there'll be a lot of doing going on, but there won't be any fucking agenda. <laughs> You're not going to be, I'm going to working towards a completion here. <clears throat> no. So, it's good news. Hallelujah. Um, freedom from the bondage yourself. I mean radical freedom from it, not learning how to live with it socializing yourself so you don't flip out at the next AA party you go to or maybe you have a month-long relationship that works. You know, whatever. Something, you know, maybe raise the bars a little bit. Maybe you can be a free-range alcoholic. You, know? you honor the coop, but you don't have to live in the coop anymore. You know? You're uncooped. Free. Every egg isn't yours. <laughs> you never laid an egg once. <laughs> You're not beholden to the egg. You can walk right away from the eggs. <laughs> so, yeah. Any questions tonight? Some people say there's the human consciousness, which is sort of a conditional consciousness based on what's moving through the body. Yeah? So that it takes on somewhat of the, let's say, the, the confines or the limitations of the structure of the body. Yeah? So that consciousness, and you can maybe say, if you're looking at it from the point of view of being a body, it seems like it leaves you. Yeah? But I would say the body just drops away. I'd say the consciousness is always available at all times. But it's not a thing, so I don't know what it turns into. I don't think it turns into anything. 
feel, for me, it feels just like a giant field of space, let's say. But not even a field, yes. That's why I believe wherever, if there's 5 billion apparatuses or 14 billion apparatuses, and if there's a liveness, they're all seeing, yeah? Because seeing isn't coming from any one location. It's just a possibility in this field of awareness, yeah? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, as long as, if, there, if there's a camera, wherever that camera is, it can facilitate seeing. Because seeing is always available at all times, yeah? So I would say that, uh, it's like the other day, we did the thing with the clouds and the sun. So from one point of view, from being the body, if you're sitting here and you want to get some sun, it looks like the clouds could affect that, yeah? The clouds could stop you from getting sun, yes? If you were here as a body, let's say at a beach, and you want to get a suntan, and there's the sun, but clouds have the ability to stop you from getting the suntan, right? They could come in front of the sun and stop the rays from getting to the body, yeah? So from that point of view, the clouds have a real effect from the point of view of being the body, yeah? Now what would happen though if your intention or your, you were located on the other side, <coughs> on the sun side, would the clouds have any ability to, to affect your accessing the sun? No, yeah? So it has to be, for something to be real here, the mind has to be located somewhere for it to, to appear real. So right now the mind, let's say, is taking itself to be a body, so then everything here is appearing real to this body, yeah? All other things. But let's say that same mind would not take itself to be a body, it would be now, let's say, on the other side of the clouds, in the sun side, would it see the clouds as real anymore? No. They would still see the clouds, but they wouldn't see it as real, because they would have no effect on it. Yeah? They wouldn't be able to stop them from getting the sun and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> in a way, that's for me like mind. Yeah? When mind's identified as this, then things seem to be able to limit it and affect it and, and uh, have influences over it. When the mind isn't taking itself to be a body, then it's got immunity to quite a lot of stuff. Yeah? Or in a sense, if it, if it goes quickly or slowly, you could call that traveling lighter. Clouds still are happening, things still occur, but the meaning that's given to them has changed dramatically, yes? A thought comes, it's not saddled with 800 more thoughts and creating a story, it's just seen as a thought. Feelings come and go, they're not, they're not like flagpoles to, to verify something. I'm, I'm an angry person, I'm a sad person like that, yeah? things just change, so your whole experience here changes, you travel lighter. Yeah. And from that happening, I found that's what I've been looking for my whole life, really. Every time I shot drugs, I was basically trying to travel lighter. You know, everything that I was driven to do, in a sense, was sort of a drive to travel lighter. But they never really produced that. This did, in a sense, and it still does. By entertaining. Yeah. Once you entertain it, and the calibration or the emphasis shifts, it's a done deal in a way. 51% of your attention is now on, on the immune side, yeah? And the 
other 49% may be getting buffeted around on the consequential level. Once it gets cuts over 50, things get drastically different. Yeah? Then more moves over, less and less things hook any of the mind, and then you basically become stable in, in a sense of uh, rest, even though shit's happening. There's, a, there's like a, the center isn't moving, but it's the cause of all movement, let's say. Yeah, so you have a flavor of that while all this movement's going on. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it could be bottled, it'd be really a practical thing to have every day. <laughs> I swear to God, if you could just take a little snip of this, you know, it would really take the edge off a lot of things. <coughs> it really would. You know, just if you could just extract five mice during a day, or maybe in a three in a one year period drop like one or two pauses at certain locations, your life would look totally different. Well, this is a possibility. Pauses have become available. They're available quite a lot. And the mind gets dropped out quite a lot. And then feelings come and go and thoughts come and go. There's they're like henna tattoos, they're not ink, yeah? They may have an effect, but they wash off quickly. They're not like an ink where you can't get rid of it. The my is like ink. When the my is put on a thought or a feeling or a body, it's been inked. It's like been branded in a way. Now it's just a, it's a reference point for a lot of old ideas and meanings to just riff. Yeah? So if you have an old idea that you're a loser, that, will be, that tune will be played millions of times in your life. If you feel like you're a fraud and you don't want to be, you'll feel like one thousands of times. It will just keep playing. Once it gets a note that grabs the attention, it just keeps playing it. It's like a, a musician that has no interest in just the playing of it. It's just totally interested in getting attention. It's the only reason why it's playing. It's not, it doesn't give a shit if it's just the same old, same old. But if it grabs the mind's attention, it works. Yeah? That's what gets freed is your attention and interest. Just lose interest in self and and its little plans and designs. You lose interest in self and gain interest in others. It's all that's described in the big book around after you do the third step. It's exactly like that. It just either happens very quickly, but it, or gradually. But you just get weaned off of self, and then your attention and interest get spread into another giant, giant space. And that same thing that was driving you crazy enriches you when it's freed from the bondage of self. Yeah. Your interest and attention. It's the same energy. Same thing with faith, you know. If the faith is in the thought system, you're going to produce anxiety out of nothing almost every day. That same faith resting in what's truly so produces an ease and comfort. Same faith, exact same energy. It's just what it's put in. Things are manifesting here. That's how they have an experience, yeah? So this place is a manifestation. And the manifestation is a dualistic one. So... Here's, a, here's this one energy called faith. You can put it in see, two vehicles. In a thought system called self, and that faith will be used to produce anxiety out of nothing. I mean, it's a miracle, really, that you can get worried about something that hasn't even happened. It's just mind-boggling. And yet, if the faith is put in a vehicle called, uh, I'm not that, let's say, whatever that is, Paul, I'm not that, well, that faith, that vehicle is going to produce an effect here, too. I, I found it to be ease and comfort in my own skin, or in this skin. Yeah? Same faith is what it's put in. 
Yeah, yeah. So self-centeredness, centeredness. Your interest and attention's got to be centered somewhere. It can be centered on self. We've had enough of that, haven't we? We've seen where that goes. Round and round, a fucking, not even a circle, it's like a square box. <laughs> a lot of hard angles when you hit them. And, it's that, and it, just, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> Isn't it really? You've been over every inch of self-centeredness already. You've followed every one of its possibilities. You've, you've bought five-year Stalinist plans from it many times. They never produce the goods. And why would there be an expectation that they will? It's a failed system. It says it in recovery. Why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Self-reliance is a failed system. It's not personal. That's, part, that's the product of the, of the system called self-reliance. You feel it's you that's unreliable. You're the one. No, it's a failed system. Yeah? Failed system ain't going to be unfailed. It doesn't matter how much you hope and resuscitate it, it's basically dead. Yeah? It's not, you can't ride that horse. It's not going anywhere. It doesn't have any oomph. It's about getting up. But the problem is when people get up and they're identified with it, they always look back and it sucks you right back in. You can't just be done with it because it's you. It's about me. But... What's the beginning of the whole fucking world here? You say, oh, the light was really good. I can really entertain it tonight. But, tomorrow, but, that's the every time. And we had it the other night in Berkeley at the talk. Oh, yeah, I can entertain being free right tonight. But, what about next? I said, well, then fucking just entertain being free right now, tonight. That's more than enough. Don't worry that you won't be able to do it next week. That's fantasy world. Yeah? You just made a statement of, of, uh, a possibility, go for it. Yeah, you can be actually cool right now. But, I don't think I can be next week. Well, let's let, let next week take care of itself. Let's, okay, if you think you have free will, exert it right now. Okay. You, just, you just spoke of a possibility, go for it. How many meetings should I attend? How about this one? That would be good. <laughs> Just wherever you are, attend to that. Start there, then see where it takes you. If you're not here, the 90th one ain't going to be much different. It's good to be here, yeah. And the fact is, you are here. You cannot not be here. Yeah. What you are is here. What you think you are may not be here. But what you are is here. So, what someone truly needs you to be there, you can never fail. Because you are. Now, your head and all the yapping may not be thinking so, but you're there. So, that's it, ain't it?